Hey everybody, I'm gonna start reading to you The Outsiders. Um, I miss all of you guys and I really am sad that you're gonna miss The Outsiders in the classroom. Um, but I am excited that I get to share it with you over this podcast. So make sure that you check in every day. I'll read a chapter a day and there will be some, um, maybe some activities to go along with it. Um, I really do miss you guys, but I really want you to, um, to love this book as much as I do. Outsiders chapter one. When I stepped out into the bright sunlight from the darkness of the movie house, I had only two things on my mind, Paul Newman and a ride home. I was wishing I looked like Paul Newman. He looks tough and I don't, but I guess my own looks aren't so bad. I have light brown, almost red hair and greenish gray eyes. I wish they were more gray because I hate most guys that have green eyes, but I have to be content with what I have. My hair is longer than a lot of boys wear theirs, squared off in the back and long at the front and the sides, but I'm a greaser and most of my neighborhood rarely bothers to get a haircut. Besides, I look better with long hair. I had a long walk home and no company, but I usually loan it anyway for no reason except for that I like to watch movies undisturbed so that I can get into them and live them with the actors. When I see a movie with someone, it's kind of uncomfortable, like having someone read your book over your shoulder. I'm different that way. I mean, my second oldest brother, Soda, who is 16 going on 17, never cracks a book at all. And my oldest brother, Daryl, who we call Derry, he works too long and hard to be interested in a story or a drawing a pic, or drawing a picture, and so I'm not like them. And nobody in our gang digs movies and books the way that I do. For a while there, I thought I was the only person in the world that did, and so I loaned it. Soda tries to understand at least, which is more than Derry does, but then Soda is different from anybody. He understands everything, almost. Like he's never hollering at me all the time the way that Derry is, or treating me as if I was six instead of 14. I love Soda more than I've ever loved anyone, even mom and dad. He's always happy-go-lucky and grinning, while Derry's hard and firm and rarely grins at all. But then, Derry's gone through a lot in his 20 years. He's grown up too fast. Soda Pop will never grow up at all. I don't know which way's the best. I'll find out one of these days. Anyway, I was walking home, thinking about the movie, and then suddenly wishing I had some company. <clears throat> Greasers can't walk alone too much or they'll get jumped or someone will come out and scream greaser at them, which doesn't make you feel too hot, if you know what I mean. We get jumped by the socias. I'm not sure how you spell it, but it's the abbreviation for the socials, the jet set, the west side rich kids. It's like the term greaser, which is used to class all of us boys on the east side. We're poorer than the socias in the middle class, and I reckon we're wilder too. Not like the socias who jump greasers and wreck houses and throw beer blast for kicks and get editorials in the paper for being a public disgrace one day and an asset to society the next. Greasers are almost like hoods. We steal things and drive old souped up cars and hold up gas stations and have a gang fight once in a while. I don't mean that I do things like that. Derry would kill me if I got into trouble with the police. Since mom and dad were killed in an auto wreck, the three of us get to stay together only as long as we behave. So Soda and I stay out of trouble as much as we can, and we're careful not to get caught when we can't. I only mean that most greasers do things like that. Just like we wear our hair long and dress in blue jeans and t-shirts and leave our shirt tails out and wear leather jackets and tennis shoes or boots. I'm not saying that either socias or greasers are better. That's just the way things are. I could have waited to go on to the movies until Dairy or Soda Pop got off work. They would have gone with me or driven me there or walked along. 
Although Soda just can't sit still long enough to enjoy a movie, and they bore Derry to death. Derry thinks his life is enough without inspecting other people's. Or I could have gotten one of the gang to come along, one of the four boys that Derry and Soda and I have grown up with and consider family. We're almost as close as brothers. When you grow up in a tight-knit neighborhood like ours, you get to know each other real well. If I'd have thought about it, I could have called Derry, and he would have come by on his way home and picked me up, or Tubit Matthews, one of our gang would have come to get me in his car if I'd asked him. But sometimes I just don't use my head and it drives my brother Derry nuts when I do stuff like that because I'm supposed to be the smart one. I make good grades and I have a high IQ and everything, but I don't use my head. Besides, I like walking. <clears throat> I about decided I didn't like it so much though when I spotted that red Corvair trailing me. I was almost two blocks from home then and so I started walking a little faster. I'd never been jumped, but I'd seen Johnny after four socias got a hold of him, and it wasn't pretty. Johnny was scared of his own shadow after that. Johnny was 16 then. I knew it wasn't any use, though, the fast walking. I mean, even before the Corvair pulled up beside me and five socias got out. I got pretty scared. I'm kind of small for 14, even though I have a good build, and those guys were bigger than me. I automatically hitched my thumbs in my jeans, and I slouched, wondering if I could get away... If if I could get away, if I made a break for it. I remember Johnny, his face all cut up and bruised, and I remember how he had cried when we found him, half conscious in the corner lot. Johnny had an awful rough at home. It took a lot to make him cry. I was sweating something fierce, although I was cold. I could feel my palms getting clammy and the perspiration running down my back. I get like that when I'm real scared. I glanced around for a pop bottle or a stick or something. Steve Randall, Soda's best buddy, had once held off four guys with a busted pop bottle, but that was the, but there was nothing, and so I stood there like a bump on a log while they surrounded me. I don't use my head. They walked around slowly, silently, smiling. Hey, Grease, one of them said in an overfriendly voice. We're going to do you a favor, Greaser. We're going to cut off all that long, greasy hair. He had on a mattress shirt. I can still see it. Blue mattress. One of them laughed and then cussed me out in a low voice. I couldn't think of anything to say. There just isn't a whole lot to say while you're waiting to get mugged. And so I kept my mouth shut. You need a haircut, greaser? The medium-sized blonde pulled the knife out of his back pocket and flipped the blade open. I finally thought of something to say. No. And I was backing up away from that knife. And of course, I backed right into one of them. And they had me down in a second. They had my arms and legs pinned down. And one of them was sitting on my chest with his knees on my elbows. And if you don't think that hurts, you're crazy. I could smell English leather, shaving lotion, and stale tobacco. And I wondered foolishly if I would suffocate before they did anything. I was scared so bad. I was wishing that I would. And I fought to get loose. And I almost did for a second. And then they tightened up on me. And the one on my chest slugged me a couple times. And so I lay still, swearing at them between gas. A blade was held against my throat. How'd you like that haircut to begin just below the chin? It occurred to me then that they could kill me. I went wild. I started screaming for soda, dairy, anyone. Someone put his hand over my mouth and I bit it as hard as I could, tasting the blood running through my teeth. I heard a muttered curse and I got slugged again. And there was stuff in a handkerchief in my mouth. And one of them was saying, shut him up for Pete's sake, shut him up. And then there were shouts and the pounding of feet and the, and the socials jumped up and they left me lying there gasping. And I lay there and I wondered what in the world was happening. People were jumping over me and running by me and I was two days to figure it out. And then someone had me under the armpits and was hauling me to my feet. And it was Derry. Are you all right, pony boy? He was shaking me and I wished he'd stopped. I was dizzy enough anyway. I could tell it was Derry, though, partly because of the voice and partly because Derry's always rough with me without meaning to be. 
I'm okay. Quit shaking me, Derry. I'm okay. He stopped instantly. I'm sorry. He wasn't sorry. <clears throat> Derry isn't ever sorry for anything that he does. It seems funny to me that he should look exactly like my father and act exactly the opposite from him. My father was only 40 when he died, and he looked 25, and a lot of people thought Derry and Dad were brothers instead of father and son, but they only looked alike. My father was never rough with anyone without meaning to be. Derry's six foot two, broad shoulders and muscular. He has dark brown hair that kicks out in the front and a slight cowlick in the back, just like Dad's, but Derry's eyes are his own. He's got eyes that are like two pieces of pale blue-green ice. <clears throat> They've got a determined set to them, like the rest of him. He looks older than 20, though. Cool and smart. <coughs> Excuse me. He would be real handsome if his eyes weren't so cold. He doesn't understand anything that's not plain hard fact, but he uses his head. I sat down again, rubbing my cheek where I'd been slugged the most. Derry jammed his fist in his pockets. They didn't hurt you too bad, did they? They did. I was smarting and aching, and my chest was sore, and I was so nervous. My hands were shaking, and I wanted to start bawling. But you just don't say that to Derry. I'm okay. Soda Pop came loping back, and by then I'd figured that all the noise I'd heard was the gang coming to rescue me. He dropped down beside me, examining my head. You got cut up a little, huh, honey boy? I only looked at him blankly. I did? He pulled out a handkerchief, wet the end of it with his tongue, and pressed it gently against the side of my head. You're bleeding like a stuck hog. I am? Look. He showed me the handkerchief, reddened as if by magic. Did they pull a blade on you? I remembered the voice. Need a haircut greaser? The blade must have slipped while he was trying to shut me up. Yeah. Sodom is handsomer than anyone else I know. Not like Derry. Soda's movie star kind of handsome. The kind that people stop on the street to watch go by. He's not as tall as Derry and he's a little slimmer, but he has a finely drawn sensitive face that somehow manages to be reckless and thoughtful at the same time. He's got dark gold hair that he comes back long and silky and straight. And in the summer, the sun bleaches it to a shiny wheat gold. His eyes are dark brown, lively, dancing, recklessly laughing eyes that can be gentle and sympathetic one moment and blazing with anger the next. He has dad's eyes, but Soda is one of a kind. He can get drunk in a drag race or dancing without ever even getting near alcohol. In our neighborhood, it's rare to find a kid who doesn't drink once in a while, but Soda never touches a drop. He doesn't need to. He gets drunk on just plain living, and he understands everybody. He looked at me more closely. I looked away hurriedly because, if you want to know the truth, I was starting to bawl, and I knew I was as white as I felt, and I was shaking like a leaf. Soda just put his hand on my shoulder. Easy, pony boy. They ain't going to hurt you no more. I know, I said, but the ground began to blur, and I felt hot tears running down my cheeks. I brushed them, the way I brushed them away impatiently. I'm just a little spooked, that's all. I drew a quivering breath, and I quit crying. You just don't cry in front of dairy, not unless you're hurt, like Johnny had been that day that we found him in the vacant lot. And compared to Johnny, I wasn't hurt at all. Soda rubbed my hair. You're an okay kid, Pony. I had to grin at him. Soda can make you grin no matter what. I guess it's because he's always grinning so much himself. You're crazy, Soda. Out of your mind. Derry looked as if he'd like to knock our heads together. You're both nuts. Soda merely cocked one eyebrow, a trick he picked up from Tubit. Seems to run in the family. Derry stared at him for a second, and then he cracked a grin. Soda isn't afraid of him like everyone else, and he enjoys teasing him. I just assumed he's a full-grown grizzly, but for some reason, Derry seems to like being teased by Soda. Our gang had chased the socials to their car and heaved rocks at them. They came running toward us now, four lean, hard guys. They were all tough as nails and looked it. <clears throat> I had grown up with them, 
And they accepted me, even though I was younger, because I was dairy and soda's kid brother, and I kept my mouth shut good. Steve Randall was 17, tall and lean, with thick, greasy hair. He kept combed into complicated swirls. He was cocky, smart, and soda's best buddy since grade school. Steve's specialty was cars. He could lift a hubcap quicker and more quietly than anyone in the neighborhood, but he also knew cars upside down and backward, and he could drive anything on wheels. He and Soda worked at the same gas station, Steve part-time and Soda full-time, and their station got more customers than any other in town. Whether that was because Steve was so good with cars or because Soda attracted girls like honey draws flies, I couldn't tell you. I liked Steve only because he was Soda's best friend. He didn't like me. He thought I was a tag-along and a kid. Soda always took me with them when they went places if they weren't taking girls, and that bugged Steve. It wasn't my fault. Soda always asked me. I didn't ask him. Soda doesn't think I'm a kid. <coughs> Two-Bit Matthews was the oldest of the gang and the wisecracker of the bunch. He was about six feet tall, stocky in build, and very proud of his long, rusty-colored sideburns. He had gray eyes and a wide grin, and he couldn't stop making funny remarks to save his life. You couldn't shut up that guy. He always had to get his two bits worth in, hence his name. Even his teachers forgot his real name was Keith, and we hardly remembered that he had one. Life was one big joke to Tubit. He was famous for shoplifting and for his black-handled switchblade, which he couldn't have acquired without his first talent. And he always was smarting off to cops. He couldn't really help it. Everything he said was so irresistibly funny that he just had to, to let the police in on, he, I'm sorry, everything that he said was so irresistibly funny that he just had to let the police in on it to brighten up their dull lives. That's the way he explained it to me. He likes fights, blondes, and for some unfathomable reason, school. He was still a junior at 18 and a half and he never learned anything. He just went for kicks. I liked him real well because he kept us laughing at ourselves as well as other things. He reminded me of Will Rogers. Maybe it was the grin. If I had to pick the real character of the gang, it would be Dallas Winston, Dally. I used to like to draw his picture when he was in a dangerous mood, for then I could get his personality down in a few lines. He had an elfish face with high cheekbones and a pointed chin, small, sharp animal teeth, and ears like a lynx. His hair was almost white, it was so blonde, and he didn't like haircuts or hair oil either, so it fell over his forehead and wisps and kicked out in the back in tufts and curled behind his ears and along the nape of his neck. His eyes were blue, blazing ice cold with the hatred of the whole world. Dally had spent three years on the wild side of New York and had been arrested at the age of 10. He was tougher than the rest of us, tougher, colder, meaner. The shade of difference that separates a greaser from a hood wasn't present in Dally. He was as wild as the boys in the downtown outfits like Tim Shepard's gang. In New York, Dally blew off steam and gang fights, but here organized gangs are rarities. They're just small bunches of friends who stick together, and the warfare is between the social classes. A rumble, when it's called, is usually born of a grudge fight, and the opponents just happen to bring their friends along. Oh, there are a few named gangs around, like the River Kings or the Tiber City Tigers. But here in the Southwest, there's no gang rivalry. So Dally, even though he could get into a good fight sometimes, had no specific thing to hate. No rival gangs, only Sochas. And you can't win against them, no matter how hard you try, because they've got all the breaks. And even whipping them isn't going to change the fact. Maybe that was why Dallas was so bitter. 
He had quite a reputation. They had a file on him down at the police station. He'd been arrested. He got drunk. He rolled in ro he rode in rodeos. He lied, cheated, stole, rolled drunks, jumped small kids. He did everything. I didn't like him, but he was smart, and you had to respect him. Johnny Cade was last and least. If you can picture a little dark puppy that had been kicked too many times and is lost in a crowd of strangers, you'll have Johnny. He was the youngest next to me, smaller than the rest with a slight build. He had big black eyes and a dark tanned face, and his hair was jet black and heavily greased and combed to the side, but it was so long that it fell in shaggy bangs across his forehead. He had a nervous, suspicious look in his eyes, and that beating that he got from the socias didn't help matters. He was the gang's pet, everyone's kid brother. His father was always beating him up, and his mother ignored him, except for when she was hacked off at something, and then you could hear her yelling at him clear down at our house. I think he hated that worse than getting whipped. He would have run away a million times if it hadn't been for if we hadn't been there. If it hadn't been for the gang, Johnny would never have known what love and affection are. I wiped my eyes hurriedly. Did you catch him? Nope, they got away this time. The dirty beepity beep beep and two bit went on cheerfully, calling the socials every name he could think of or make up. The kids okay? I'm okay. I tried to think of something to say. I'm usually pretty quiet around people, even the gang. I changed the subject. I didn't know that you were out of the cooler yet, Dally. Good behavior. Got off early. Dallas lit a cigarette and handed it to Johnny. Everyone sat down to have a smoke and relax. A smoke always lessens the tension. I quit trembling and my color was back. The cigarette was calming me down. Two-bit cocked an eyebrow. Nice looking bruise you got there, kid. I touched my cheek gingerly. Really? Tubit nodded sagely. Nice cut, too. It makes you look tough. Tough, T-O-U-G-H, and tough, T-U-F-F, -F, are two different words. Tough, T-O-U-G-H, is the same as rough. Tough means cool, sharp, like a tough-looking Mustang or a tough record. In our neighborhood, both are compliments. Steve flicked his ashes at me. What were you doing walking by your lonesome? Leave it to good old Steve to bring up something like that. I was coming home from the movies. I didn't think. You don't ever think, Derry broke in. Not at home or anywhere where it counts. But you must think at school with all those good grades you bring home. And you've always got your nose in a book. But do you ever use your head for common sense? No, sir, Bub. And if you did have to go by yourself, you should have carried a blade. I just stared at the hole in my tennis shoe. Me and Derry just didn't dig each other. I never could please him. He would have hollered at me for carrying a blade if I had carried one. And if I brought home B's, he wanted A's. And if I got A's, he wanted to make sure they stayed A's. And if I was playing football, I should have been studying. And if I was reading, I should have been out playing football. He never hollered at Soda Pop, not even when Soda dropped out of school and got tickets for speeding. He just hollered at me. Soda was glaring at him. Leave my kid brother alone. You hear it ain't his fault he likes to go to the movies. And it ain't his fault the socials like to jump us. And if he had been carrying a blade, it would have been a good excuse to cut him to ribbons. Soda always takes up for me. Derry said impatiently, when I want my kid brother to tell me what to do with my other kid brother, I'll ask you, kid brother. But he laid off. He always does when Soda Pop tells him to, most of the time. Next time, get one of us to go with you, pony boy, Two-Bit said. Any of us will. <clears throat> Speaking of movie, movies, Dallas yawned, flipping away his cigarette butt. I'm walking over to the Nightly Devil tomorrow night. Anybody want to come and hunt some action? Steve shook his head. Me and Soda are picking up Evie and Sandy for the game. He didn't need to look at me the way that he did right then. I wasn't going to ask if I could come. I'd never tell Soda because he really likes Steve a lot, but sometimes I can't stand Steve Randall. I mean it. Sometimes I hate him. 
Derry sighed just like I knew that he would. Derry never had time to do anything anymore. I'm working tomorrow night. Dally looked at the rest of us. How about y'all? Two bit, Johnny Cake, you and Pony want to come? Me and Johnny will come, I said. I knew Johnny wouldn't open his mouth unless he was forced to. Okay, Derry. Yeah, since it ain't a school night. Der or I said, okay, Derry. Sorry. He said, yeah, since it ain't a school night. Derry was real good about letting me go places on the weekends, but on school nights, I could hardly leave the house. I was planning on getting boozed up tomorrow night, Tubit said. If I don't, I'll walk over and find y'all. Steve was looking at Dally's hand. His ring, which he'd rolled a drunk senior to get, was back on his finger. You break up with Sylvia again? Yeah, and this time for good, that little broad was two-timing two me again while I was in jail. I thought of Sylvia and Evie and Sandy and Tubit's many blondes. They were the only kind of girls that would look at us. I thought, tough, loud girls who wore too much eye makeup and giggled and swore too much. I liked Soto's girl Sandy just fine, though. Her hair was natural blonde, and her laugh was soft like her china blue eyes, and she didn't have a real good home or anything, and ours was kind of a, she was our kind, of which was a greaser, but she was a real nice girl. Still, lots of times I wondered what other girls were like. The girls who were bright-eyed and had their dresses a decent length and acted as, as if they'd like to spit on us if given a chance. Some were afraid of us, and remembering Dallas Winston, I didn't blame them. But most looked at us like we were dirt, gave us the same kind of look that the Sochas did when they combined their Mustangs or Corvairs or yelled grease at us, and I wondered about them. The girls, I mean, did they cry when their boys were arrested, like Evie did when Steve got hauled in, or did they run out on them the way that Sylvia did Dallas? Maybe their boys didn't get arrested or beaten up or busted up in rodeos. I was still thinking about it while I was doing my homework that night. I had to read Great Expectations for English. And that kid, Pip, he reminded me of us. The way he felt marked lousy because he wasn't a gentleman or anything. And the way that girl kept looking down on him. That happened to me once. One time in biology, I had to dissect a worm and the razor wouldn't cut. So I used my switchblade. The minute I flicked it out, I forgot what I was doing or I would have never done it. The squirrel right beside me kind of gasped and said, ah, they are right. You are a hood. And that didn't make me feel so hot. There were a lot of socials in that class. I get put into A classes because I'm supposed to be smart. And most of them thought it was pretty funny. I didn't, though. She was a cute girl and she looked real good in yellow. We deserve a lot of our trouble, I thought. Dallas deserves everything that he gets, and he should get worse, if you want to know the truth. And two-bit, he doesn't really want or need half the things that he swipes from stores. He just thinks it's fun to swipe everything that isn't nailed down. And I can understand why Soda Pop and Steve get into drag races and fights so much, though. <clears throat> Both of them have too much energy, too much feeling, with no way to blow it off. Rub harder, Soda. I heard Derry mumbling. You're going to put me to sleep. <clears throat> I looked through the door and Soda Pop was giving Derry a back rub. Derry is always pulling muscles. He roofs houses and he's always trying to carry two bundles or roofing up the ladder. I knew Soda would put him to sleep because Soda can put about anyone out when he sets his head to it. He thought Derry worked too hard anyway, and I did too. Derry didn't deserve to work like an old man when he was only 20. He'd been a real popular guy in school. He was captain of the football team and he'd been voted boy of the year, but we just didn't have the money for him to go to college, even with the athletic scholarship that he won. And now he didn't have time between jobs to even think about college. So he never went anywhere and he never did anything anymore, except work out in the gyms or go skiing with some old friends of his sometimes. I rubbed my cheek where to turn purple. I had looked in the mirror and it did make me look tough, but Derry had made me put a band-aid on the cut. I remembered how awful Johnny had looked when he got beaten up. <clears throat> I had just as much right to use the streets as the socials did, and Johnny had never hurt them. 
Why did the Socias hate us so much? We left them alone. I nearly went to sleep over my homework trying to figure it out. Soda Pop, who had jumped into bed by this time, yelled sleepily for me to turn off the light and go to bed. When I finished the chapter I was on, I did. Lying beside Soda, staring at the wall, I kept remembering the faces of the Socias as they surrounded me. That blue madras shirt the blonde was wearing. And I could still hear a thick voice. Need a haircut, greaser? I shivered. Are you cold, Pony Point? A little, I lied. Soda threw one arm across my neck and he mumbled something drowsily. Listen, kiddo, when Derry hollers at you, he don't mean nothing. He's just got more worries than somebody his age ought to. Don't take him serious. You dig, Pony? Don't let him bug you. He's really proud of you because you're so brainy. It's just because you're the baby. I mean, he loves you a lot. Savvy? Sure, I said, trying for Soda's sake to keep the sarcasm out of my voice. Soda? Yeah? How come you dropped out? I never have gotten over that. I could hardly stand it when he left school. Because I'm dumb. And the only thing I was passing anyway were auto mechanics and gym. You're not dumb. Yeah, I am. Shut up and I'll tell you something. Don't tell Derry, though. Okay. I think I'm going to marry Sandy. After she gets out of school and I get a better job and everything. I might wait till you get out of school, though, so I can still help Derry with the bills and stuff. Tough enough. Wait till I get out, though, so you can keep Derry off my back. Oh, don't be like that, kid. I told you he don't mean half of what he says. Are you in love with Sandy? What's it like? Hmm, he said happily. It's real nice. And in a moment, his breathing was light and regular, and I turned my head to look at him, and in the moonlight, he looked like some Greek god come to earth. I wondered how he could stand being so handsome. And then I sighed. I didn't quite get what he meant about dairy. Dairy thought I was just another mouth to feed and somebody to holler at. Dairy, love me. I thought of those hard, pale eyes. Soda was wrong for once, I thought. Derry doesn't love anyone or anything, except for maybe, maybe Soda. I didn't hardly think of him as even being human. I don't care, I lied to myself. I don't care about him either. Soda's enough, and I'd have him until I got out of school. I don't care about Derry. But I was still lying, and I knew it. I lied to myself all the time, but I never believed me.